Loaded Bases Podcast, episode 24. This comes from the whole other side that we do not even think about. So far, we have covered coaches, we have covered players, we've covered executive members. Now this time, we're going to cover from the agent side. Let's go. Loaded bases, Derek Marquez. How's it going? Doing great. How are you doing? Hey, just uh, it's it's only six six p.m. So we have lots of the night left. A couple hours behind me. Oh yeah. So so what exactly do you do? Um, as a baseball agent, I pretty much do it all. Um, you know, especially by kind of running my own company. It's from managing what players want, endorsements. Mm-hmm to you know relationships with the teams to taking out the trash yeah so there i would say because i would assume that there's lots of different aspects behind being an agent but did you say even taking out the trash yeah because i do everything (laughs) wow so so you have your own agency yes when did you start that uh 2018 and why do you want to be a MLB agent? Um, well, I first came into – said I've been in since 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I first got into it, I was with a different agency that was a multi-sport. Um, I did have baseball players, basketball players, football and hockey under me at one point. Um, why I focused just on baseball is at the time I was kind of already the furthest in that sport in regards to getting all my licensing done mm-hmm. and kind of a certifications um and then focusing on you know it's i had a good, good kind of core players i was representing and then making decision of you know let's just do one sport and being great at it opposed to trying to juggle multiple sports yeah and not giving all of my attention to one set of players so well yeah well i mean like as an agent you, you got to know like all the different laws and rules and all of that like through throughout contracts so i bet that that's yeah so there's probably a big chunk of it that is quite similar yep but every sport has their own little niche like for baseball it's the only sport that has like a rule five draft yeah correct right or little things like that right where there's little niches in football or in hockey or basketball that doesn't happen in um in baseball so every sport has a little differences um some most of it is the same but there are little different tweaks um you know baseball isn't a salary cap league where a lot of the other leagues are yeah um uh, do you do you have any clients that are in the big leagues not at this time we're hoping in 2021 uh 2021 i guess even though a year it is anymore yeah. um we will it's been have a long year player in the majors yeah well since it wasn't a baseball season you know um for a lot of my players you know just 2020 just kind of happened but it didn't really happen yeah it's it's a uh, if you look back I like the beginning of this year. It feels like five years ago. It's been a long yeah, Well, like I said, I was um, 40 hours away from my annual trip to spring training down in Florida, Arizona, when I pretty much had to cancel it. Dang. Uh, you know, I think the NBA canceled on Wednesday. I was supposed to fly out that Saturday. I was reaching out to teams to kind of find out what they were going to do with players. Yeah. Um, if the players were still going to be down there, I was going to go. But when I was getting, hearing from the Brewers and some of the other teams that they were going to send guys home, mm-hmm. I kind of had to make a decision. There's no point in me going down there if there's no one down there to see. 
I think once the NBA decided to cancel their season or like to postpone it, I felt like quick that, uh, I mean, that like the other leagues were going to be right behind them. Yeah, you know, just all of a sudden it was, you know, a domino effect, right? The NCAA pretty much shut down, spring training, hockey canceled, and then everything just stopped. So the good thing for me was that I wasn't already there when it Mm -hmm. happened. And then I kind of, you know, I was able to, you know, get my credits for everything that I was all my flights and everything like that. So that wasn't an an issue. But yeah, it just seemed like so long ago when we were just preparing for 2020, like like we did for 2019. Did you guys uh, get told about another uh, lockdown up there? Um, in Canada, we're different areas. Or how's that um, is, yeah. Yeah, just inside, like in Toronto right now, it's not necessarily a lockdown. We're going by a color code. Mm-hmm. So in Toronto, they're, uh, they're in a red zone, right, which pretty much means, like, it's one step above a lockdown. Yeah. Um, where I'm at, just outside of Toronto, it's an orange zone. But, yeah, we don't have an exact lockdown. One thing we haven't had up here yet but i know new york has it is the uh, curfew yeah so we've we've never had anything like that but uh, yeah so it just said uh, to me it's kind of nice that here we are in november and i'm doing the same kind of things i would normally do in november mm-hmm. pre-covid right yeah. so it's now it's you know we're learning how to exist with covid as a thing opposed to in the summer when covid is literally stopping us from doing anything yeah, it, it it's going to be a total different, I mean, like from like here on out, I think that COVID will always be, a, I guess, like in the back of your mind. Yeah, I think for a couple of years, like even with the vaccine that's coming out that we haven't even heard of, is it going to be an annual vaccine, like yeah. a flu shot? Is it going to be a once you take it, you're good forever, like some of the other um, mm-hmm. vaccines, you know, that a hep vaccine or things like that? I'm not sure, right? If it's if, if COVID is a type of flu, like they say, well, that changes every year. So would you have to take an annual COVID shot and a um, flu shot? So who knows? But I think, you know, I think 2021, um, we're going to see a lot of, you know, fans in the stands at a lower number, yeah. right? So maybe starting at 30% and gradually increasing from there in many sports um, until we get back to normal. I think it'll be a couple of years away till we see a hundred percent capacity stadiums. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm expecting. So I really, really hope you're wrong on that. <laughs> I want, I want to go to a game next year. That's a, that well, you may go, sure. but you may have a lot more room around. True. You. True. <laughs> I mean, but then the prices of tickets will go up. Yeah. that will be interesting. Kind of see. Especially, you know, we kind of say like there's certain stadiums like you know like the Tampa Rays right where they don't really draw many fans anyways yep. where we kind of joke around and say they actually invented social distancing <laughs> um, right but so that won't really impact because they don't yeah. normally have that kind of situation but you know you have you know the Red Sox or Yankee Stadium or their older stadiums Packed. so they don't really well Yankees are fairly new but you know Wrigley or Red Sox where they're not really kind of designed to social distance those concourses mm-hmm. are very small Right. So how are you going to manage to do that and have, you know, 100 percent capacity? Right. So I think it's going to be a gradual thing um, until, you know, it becomes more of a norm and maybe most of the people have a vaccine. But, um, you know, I think that's what we're preparing for. But as long as I'm OK with that, as long as there's baseball yeah. and we're living with it existing, opposed to all of us being stuck and, you know, watching no sports at all in November, but having everything going on in July. Yeah, it's a weird year. So when you were younger, 
uh, what was your dream job or is this your dream job? This was my dream job. Um, I think it was, what I've been always, take to it? what's that? I've been always been interested in, um, you know, this aspect, um, where it was like, you know, I said, I'm watching, you know, the NBA draft, um, NHL draft trade deadline. So I was always kind of interested in like the business mm-hmm. of baseball and kind of being an agent. Um, when I found out that you didn't need to be a lawyer to be an agent, which is the biggest misconception, <laughs> it was the green light for me. Yeah. Right. Because that was, that was the only part that was stopping me from pursuing what I was, what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, I was always even telling myself, it's like, you know, if I were to do everything over again, I would have pursued going to law school and finishing that. Right. So it was a huge kind of, you know, eye opening thing where I found out, no, you don't. Um, it's not a requisite, you know, at this yeah. time um, with, you know, this, the, uh, the unions to be a certified agent. Um, you know, it could be maybe a requisite if you're working for a bigger agency that they're doing it to kind of maybe keep down the a number of applicants. Yeah. Right. So, but it's not in regards to, I know for MBA union, for sorry, MLB union, I think also for the other ones at the time that I looked into it, none of them required a law degree. Hmm. Say if, if I'm not wrong, I think that the NBA, they require. Oh, do they? Okay. I, I believe so. Because I remember reading in the news uh, when they released that, uh, LeBron James's agent. I mean, yep. I guess he was like one of his like friends. Yes, yes. And then they were saying that you need a law degree, and they were like, yeah. "No, nah, we're not going to get that." So, yeah, and that's and that could be, you know, I, I when I looked into it and why I was kind of working with basketball players, it was pre all that happening. Yeah, right. And that's why even when I I talk to students that ask me about being an, a baseball agent, right, I kind of just say I can only say what the requirements were when I mm-hmm. applied, it may have changed. Yeah. Um, it's not really something that I'm constantly looking into. And it's also not something that the union tells us that, the, that they may have changed. Yeah. Right. So I kind of just say, you know, if it's baseball or football or basketball, you know, just look into the requirements, right? Because for basketball, you know, is it M- NBA could have one, the FIBA could, could have another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that was one of the, touched the hard points for me for hockey being Canadian I looked into being a you know hockey agent but in Europe like every country you needed a different certification oh wow right so for me there wasn't like just one double IHF that covered everything yeah if I wanted to send a player to Sweden I would need a Swedish uh you know certification if I wanted to send a player to Russia I would need a Russian certification so it was just all that adds up and that's what I kind of I tell players because also not players um students and aspiring agents you know recently a lot of men been asked me about basketball and i tell them you know there's money to be made in different countries but i would look into if that you know if every country has a different um certification needed or if you just yeah. can get one with fiba and that covers everything true and say so i mean like what's like the process i guess like to becoming a mlb agent so at the time when I applied, um, it was, you know, fill out an application, uh, provide $2,000 for, um, you know, application fee. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, they run a background test, uh, a, a background check, they make sure that you have the education, the prerequisites that are necessary. At that point, you have to go write an exam, mm-hmm. um, a certification exam. And then once you pass that, you are 
I don't know what the right word is. Kind of like partially certified. Like so, you have you, like a permit. So like yeah, a, I, yeah. But yeah. you are you're not fully certified until you represent a man on the forty man roster within three years. Hmm. If you do not get That's that, you have to do the whole process over again. Oh really? Yeah. And I know um, football, has, the NFL has something of that too, right? So even though you get to that point, you still need to represent a player on an active roster on an NFL team. Well, I guess like that would make sense because there's probably lots of people like that have like the prereqs like for it, but then mm-hmm. they just want want to say that they are an agent, but they actually don't want to actually do the work. Yeah, it's, you know, it's too, it's, you know, at that point when you're not certified, there's no uh, union dues because you're not actually fully certified, right? But then after three years, you have to do it all over again. Or if you go four years without representing a player on the 40 man, Mm -hmm. right? Again, you lose that certification, you got to do it all over again, right? So just because you get a certification once, you're not set for life, right? So you have to kind of maintain that you're active. And why a 40 man is a player isn't actually part of the union. Yep. until they're on the 40 man roster. Yes. Yeah, they, they uh I was talking to uh to a guy like about a month ago and then like so he told me so minor leaguers are considered uh was it seasonal apprentices? Yeah. For tax purposes. Like it's it blows my mind of the whole like that whole like system. Yeah, and they can consider they only get paid during the hours of the yes. game. Yeah. Even though they're at the stadium for 10 hours a day. Yep. And I mean, like, cause that's like one of like the biggest, like mi- misconceptions, like the fans don't really like realize. No, nope. no, nope. not at all. Um, and you know, 2021, they are increasing, um, salaries, yep. um, which is good, but you know how things are playing out and, you know, because of COVID and things like that, the season may start later and players don't get paid during spring training. So, yeah. you know, they still may end up bringing home the same amount. We're not sure yet. Have you heard, like, anything about spring training at all? Um, yeah. So, from what I've heard is everything is set to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard no kind of worries of any delays. Um, you know, spring training is going to start, um, you know, for the major leaguers in – March and it's going to be a 162 game season. Um, at this point, there's no kind of rumblings of anything, you know, less than that. That's what I want. Mm. I'd say like, cause I'm, I'm set to go down to uh, Arizona, like for spring mm-hmm. training to go see everyone. And, but hopefully... and well, that's the thing too. Like even myself, where I go down, like I go down there and visit my players. Yep. I don't know what to expect. Yeah. For right. Sure. Am I allowed in the facility? Do I need a permission to be allowed in the facility? Um, right? Is it going to be as open as it has been in the past? Do I need to register with the team to let them know I'm going to be, you know, at the facility on this day? Mm-hmm. Maybe they take my temperature. I don't know. Or is it the total extreme where facilities are closed altogether? I'm only seeing my players after they're done. So sure. to me, I don't know what to expect. I'm, you know, I'm ready for the worst, right? Of me just seeing the players after the fact and not being not kind of being around the fields at all, which is something I normally do when I go down to Florida and Arizona. But, you know, I'm prepared for there could be limitations, and the worst-case scenario is, you know, close to the public in general. So yep. I'm only seeing them after the fact. So, yeah. I mean, 
either way, I just want baseball. Yeah. And I would be content with. Yeah. And that's one thing too. Like, you know, maybe I thought the only way I don't go to spring training is if there's a rule that players, they have like a bubble. Right. And they can't see me at all. If they can't see me, then there's no point in me going. Yeah, for sure. Right. So there's no, I said, this is all stuff that I kind of preparing the worst for. Nothing's been said to me in regards to those lines, but Mm -hmm. I just think of the different scenarios and that is one that is realistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, like even like for you, like being up in Canada and that's like crossing like international, I mean, like with travel and stuff as well. Yeah. So we can, I can fly, I can fly across the board. I can't drive. Well, that so, makes sense. Yeah, so the border can't, you know, um, I can't drive. I'm only two hours from Buffalo. I can't drive yep. into the States, but I can fly. So, hmm. you know, I, I see no limitations. Again, at this point, who knows what yeah. April brings uh, or March or April brings. But um, at this point, it's flying to Arizona, then Florida or Florida, Arizona. Um, you know, it depends on the year. I do one, then the other. There's no real fixed on which one I do first. Say, because I have family down in South Florida. Then, like, cause I lived down there uh, for about a year in 2018, and it was uh, and and there's a lot of people that come down like from Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's like whole communities. It's it's yeah, it's, it's you know when the snowbirds go down there from the north, you know, traffic gets a lot busier. Oh yeah, I mean, like if you get like the uh, people like like from Canada come down, and then you got school starting, that's when you have to leave like an extra hour early to work. Like I remember, um, you know, going to Fort Myers and going to the Twins facility and just seeing how many, you know, people from Minneapolis are yeah. down there, right? But you don't get that from, you know, if you go to the Marlins facility, you don't yeah. see people from Miami going up to Fort Lauderdale. No. Right? So it's kind of a difference uh, with that aspect. But, you know, a lot of, I remember just a lot of people from Minneapolis uh, at the Twins facility. Well, I mean, like, that's like a great vacation. I mean, it's exactly. cold. I mean, it's cold yeah. up in like Minneapolis, and then you go to to Florida. Beautiful weather. Well, that's my kind of joke. I said, I don't think there's anyone left in Minneapolis because I saw them all in Florida. Because <laughs> everyone I spoke to, they're like, "Oh, I'm from Minneapolis." So, yeah, and that's that's kind of the different thing. Said so that's you know different aspect. Going to Arizona, you know, you plop yourself down in a hotel. Everything is literally 20 minutes away from yeah, each exactly. other. Where in Florida, you're st- every night you're staying at a different hotel. Right, because of just everything so spread out across the state. So yeah, that that was one of the big things um like that I learned. Like so I would so I would call into work, like to go like to the spring training games like down in Florida. And it was always a long drive. And it was mm-hmm. just I mean, I had to plan out which game I was gonna go to, like so I can watch both those teams. And yeah. it was I mean I mean but then like in Arizona, you can go to two two games in a day. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, you know, with agent life where literally I'll go to Peoria, Arizona, and I'll see, you know, my Padres and my Mariners players at the same facility. Yeah. Right? So it's so easy um, with that aspect, right? I'm in one place. I'm seeing I could see up to, you know, six guys at one place. Where in Florida, it's yeah, it's just different. You got to schedule around when they're at the facility, when they're a road game. So it's a lot more planning um, Mm -hmm. of something that we do when we go down to spring training, it's just not as, you know, people kind of take it for granted. Yeah. You go down there, but it's just that, you know, administrative nightmare of trying to figure yep. out how, how, you know, how are you going to drive things? You know, you're not going to yeah. go from Fort Lauderdale to Fort Myers up to Orlando and back. Oh, no so, way. That's, 
That's a lot yeah. of flat driving. So that's the thing. That's the same thing with Arizona. The good thing with Arizona is 20 things are 20 minutes around from each other, but you kind of just plot it out. Like, Hey, if I do the circle, yeah. what teams are going to stop where, and then just kind of figure, figure out what players you're going to see on what day. So, you know, so like how, how many, uh, clients do you have, I guess, for currently at this team? moment, I have, um, 30 players in affiliated ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last I counted, it was 16 in Florida and 14 in Arizona. Oh, so it's pretty split. Yeah. And that just depends on the year. Like before, yeah. you know, in 2020, before all the releases, I was up to 50 guys in affiliated ball and the majority was in Arizona, right? It just depends on when you pick up guys, where your guys get drafted. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's pretty much probably always around, you know, 55, 45, 50, 50 between the two. Yeah. See that? I think, well, I mean, like for me, like trying to get, I guess, trying to make my own route into like the baseball industry, I guess like, I'd say like, but by doing a podcast, it's kind of, I mean, like I'm lucky that I can be like wherever in the world and I Mm -hmm. can like talk to people yeah I mean, like that that's like the number one thing about this whole like covid season i'm glad i decided to do is because like i don't have to be there mm-hmm. with everyone that's yeah let's see you know with this you know as long as i have my phone with me i'm yeah. up in canada you know i don't covid isn't slowing me down yeah um, i'm still talking to players to you know represent them or be their advisor that i would before it's just a Zoom conversation, and I'm at the same advantage as the guy in the next town over that's mm. also having a Zoom conversation with them, right? So it's not, it's not hurting me that I'm in Canada because, yeah. you know, we're all meeting in the same aspect. So I could be in Canada, or I can be next door. We're still seeing each other through a screen. 2020 will forever change. Yeah. Well, and that's sense too. Like, you know, you have to take advantage of it. Um, you know, for myself, I, you know, I'm talking to students in Canada and the United States that are aspiring sport management students, right? With Zoom and more Zoom classes, um, you know, it's kind of my opportunity to just kind of share my path and kind of answer mm-hmm. their questions, right? So I've done a lot more of that than I've done in the past, right? And just kind of, you know, the aspect, just kind of sharing it, there's no real benefit gain for me, but yeah. just helping them out. I'm thankful that you said yes, like doing this interview. Well, because this is, I mean, because this right here is like, it's like helping me to like understand more of like the business side of the sport. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very competitive industry. Yeah. um, But, you know, it's possible. Um, I think, you know, said a lot of times when you, you know, talk to students that are still in school, you try and kind of inspire that, you know, it's possible. It may not be possible the first day after graduation, yeah. but don't give up on it. Right. Um, you know, if you have an opportunity to intern some or whatever, just be a sponge and absorb as much as you can. Right. It's open, like, you know, open your ears and shut your mouth. Yeah. Um, you're going to learn a lot more. Oh, exactly. I mean, like, that's like one of like the biggest things that I have learned this year is just not talk and let them talk. Like, Mm-hmm. I mean, like, cause I have a thousand questions, but you can only ask one well, question at a time. Asking questions is a good, it, it's, it's fine. I think it's when, you know, people feel like they already know and yeah. they're not willing to ask. Right. Then I, so when I take on interns, I tell them, you know, ask me 
whatever they want. Whenever I talk to a student or whatever, even if a player that I can't represent, I always take the time to jump on a call and answer their questions. Yeah. Right. So it's like, even though I can't represent you, um, you know, feel free to ask me any questions. I can help you or guide you any way I can, even though I can't take you on as a client. So I guess like what, what would, what would it not permit you to be able to take on like a certain client? Um, I just need to kind of manage the number of people. I can't just say yes to everybody. Yeah. Right. It just manages on, you know, where they're at, where they're playing, what, what kind of numbers they've had realistically. Right. You can't say yes because you know, it's also your client or your roster is a representation of who you are. Right. So if I have players that all have ERAs of 14, (laughs) right. And even let's say I do get a good player, I'm going to have that reputation of being, you know, all my players are bad. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, when you're starting out, you're a little bit more lenient to kind of, you know, I say when you first start out, take as many as possible because you're going to learn different situations and being put in different things that you're going to learn from. But as you kind of establish yourself, you do need to start kind of uh, picking and choosing. And for me, it's probably one of the hardest parts for me is saying no to people right because you know and that's the thing like for me for example um a lot of players got released from affiliated ball in this offseason right so if there's a player that's coming to me that doesn't have an agent and got released from affiliated ball um for me i just tell them you know i need to get the players that have been with me that got released a job before i can take on somebody else because if you've been with me for years and you lost your job right and i got somebody else and i got him a job before you right? That job could have gone to you. Yeah, that makes sense. So I need to be loyal to my own guys. And I kind of say, once I have them all placed, mm-hmm. then you know, possibly, you know, I can take them on. Right. But you also want to make sure that you have a manageable number that you don't just say yes to everybody. And then you never have enough time to talk to them. That is true. Well, I mean, because you said like that you have, I mean, 40 plus. And- oh, and that's my pro. We haven't talked about, so I've, you know, 50 in professional baseball, 30 in affiliate, 20 in independent ball. Um, I'm advising for Dang, another yeah. 30. I'm advising for another 30 for the 2020 draft. Um, and then I already have players for the 2021 and 2022 um, draft. And I believe up to 2023, but no one in 2024. How do you do that? That's so many. That is crazy. Yeah. So I say it's a lot of times it's, you know, I, yeah. I, I advise a player in high school, right. Um, he decides to go to college, right. So all of a sudden he's now pushed to a 2020. So if a high school player from this year's draft, right. That goes to college he's now all of a sudden in the 2024 draft. Yep. Right. So now I start building that kind of roster base. Now those numbers, you know, I have a handful in 22 and 23. Um, they're not as large as my 21 class. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Yeah. 2020 is already happened. So 2021, I have around 30, 22. I have probably at this point around 10, I think. And then wow. like five for, um, for 23 and then no one for 24 yet. So yeah. And that's the thing too, is my amateur and my pro players kind of play at different times of the year. Yeah. So when one need my attention, the other one's in the off season and vice versa. So even though, you know, you never really contact every player on the same day outside, outside of Christmas. Yeah. So have you ever represented a baseball podcaster before? No, um, I was, well, I don't know if you did much research on me, but I did, <laughs> I was, I did have my own podcast. 
that's how I got into hey. this industry. See? Uh, I did a podcast for five years. Uh, oh, wow. I spoke to professional athletes about mm-hmm. sports. So I had MLB players. I had NBA players. I had Olympic bobsledders. Um, and I would talk to NFL players about baseball. I talked to NHL players with the NBA. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, the sport they play is their job. They still yep. go home and watch other sports, but they never get asked their opinion on it. That is, that is a great point. Right. So that's how kind of I got, got my foot wet. Um, you know, I got guests and kind of when I got into this industry, I reached out to those, that network, right. And there's people hmm. that I learned that I met through the podcast. So I'm still dealing with today in this aspect yep. of this job. Right. So, and then at that time I didn't say I'm going to become an agent through a podcast. Yeah. Right. It just, things happen and that's just how it worked out. Um, and that's funny because I get asked by students all the time where it's like, you know, how did you start getting clients? I said, well, it was hard because I already had that network. So for me, I utilize that. Yeah. Someone coming out of school that doesn't have that network, you can't do what I do. Yeah, correct. Right. So I can't really give you a formula, right? And you have to find kind of your own thing. But for me, that kind of all helped because, you know, I spent five years of talking to these people and building these relationships and, you know, talking to players, um, you know, still today, right? I know Devin Travis from the Jays. I remember talking mm-hmm. to him. He's traded from Toronto, uh, sorry, from Detroit to Toronto. Um, I'm a big Florida State Seminole fan. He played baseball at Florida State. His brother is the current quarterback at Florida State. Yeah. I still talk to Devin today, right? So I manage, I maintain those relationships with my guests on my show the same way that I would manage my relationship with a client as their, as an agent, right? So hmm. it was, you know, for me, it was kind of preparing me for this line of work. Yeah, it's it's a uh, so. So like my dream job would be, I mean, I would love to be a GM like of a team, but I mean, I had no, I mean, I have no idea how to get there. So, I mean, and then like my life's pretty, pretty hectic, but, but then the whole idea, I mean, like of a podcast, like I want to bring baseball to me. And just from when I started my first episode, uh, July 1st until now, it's, like, like the people that you meet and they reach out to, and it just like, you just learn it's one small world. And exactly. You know, you hear awesome. that term and you think it's a cliche. Oh, um, no, I say it all the definitely time not. where the baseball community is so small where, you know, by me saying who I represent on my website, you never know who may have played with one of my guys yeah. in the most yeah. random places. Right. I have a guy, I have a player from Florida and I'm talking to a player from Seattle, Washington. They're like, Oh yeah, we played it together. I'm like, yep. like there's nowhere that I can see your paths could have crossed. Where the heck could you possibly have played with them? It's like, Oh, it was a pickup tournament at area codes and we were on the same team. Right. Yeah. You just never know. And even though the sports world is small or the baseball world is small, it's even smaller in Canada. Oh, right. Because it's such a smaller pond. Right. So it's just when you're at that level, just everyone seems to know everybody. Yeah, that's I would say because I have a buddy. Uh, he's from uh, Hawaii, and mm-hmm. over there, they know everyone knows everyone. And I mean, like if you go play like over here, I mean, you know every other Hawaiian. It's mm-hmm. it's so cool. 
It's I think like, you know, for us, uh, you know, I manage relationships with the MLB teams and it's, you know, the person that runs the draft because there are only 30 of them. It's easy yeah. for me to manage and maintain 30 relationships where I'm not going to maintain that relationship with every area scout for every major league team across North America. Uh, right. That's, that's just not manageable. Right. Yeah. It's in, and I don't know where the players um, that I'm working with are playing or from. So mm -hmm. every year you can be working or talking to different people where if I just talk to the same, um, you know, people in the organization that don't move, it doesn't matter who I'm working with. I'm talking to the same 30 people and yeah. we're building the relationship together where they know who I am and I know who they are. I can text them and they can text me and we know each other opposed to building that kind of trust and relationship with every area scout in North America. I mean, you got to be realistic with how you have your ideas and goals. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm... I'm learning. No, oh, oh, uh, so like a small world story. Uh, so I have, uh, I'm doing a interview with, uh, with a guy who played. Um, so he played in the Arizona Diamondbacks organization back in 2010, 2009. Mm -hmm. And so the Diamondbacks single A or well, short season single A is what well, it was in Yakima, Washington. And then like, cause I'm from uh, Washington state. And my first job, I was actually the bat boy for that team when I was 15, 16. And then we just like, we just like came to that like inclusion. It was like, holy shit, dude. Like, this is crazy. Like I was your bat boy, like back, like 10 years ago. Everything comes full circle and you know, you just road life's going to take you on different paths and roads. Yeah. You just have to be open-minded to take Very, it. Um, yeah. Don't go, don't be don't have your blinders on and kind of say, this is what I want to be and not realize that, you know, your, your path to being a GM, you know, may not be where you think it is. So don't yeah. turn something down because you don't think it aligns, even though that other road could actually yeah. get there closer than what you feel is. So say like, you know, said everyone's story is different and there's no exact way for one person to get somewhere that someone else did. And that's, yeah, why, like, that's why I love doing this. Yeah, like, you know, I started tweeting. Um, you know, someone reached out to me wanting to do a podcast um, because I was tweeting about sports. I said yes, even though I had never even listened to a podcast. I even know what a yeah. podcast was. <laughs> um, I think I just knew that I wanted to talk to professional athletes Yep. Uh, because I was kind of getting that interaction with Twitter. Uh, my very first guest was Daniel Norris, a minor league pitcher from the Jays. We talked about him living in his Winnebago um in the off season three years before espn did the exact same story yes i remember right? that so i i talked to him about that you know that was my very first guest right and it just kind of rolled from there and just you know asking players you know if you know anyone else who would want to mm -hmm. be on the podcast exactly and just growing from there and then for us since i wasn't just strictly baseball you know i reached out to because i like every sport you know i did nhl i did you know olympic bobsledding i remember you know, having an American bobsledder on the show and then watching TLC one night and she was on Say Yes to the Dress, right? <laughs> so it was just, you know, I remember a, a, an Olympic skeleton, right? And you're like, and it's interesting to talk to him because, you know, it's like, what, what gets you into skeleton, yeah. right? Like, it's a sport that is not mainstream. How is it something? He's like, you know, if you go down to a Toboggan Hill um, and you see a kid going down head first, that's pretty much someone that could potentially be, sure. you know, a skeleton guy, a guy who's, you know, a kid that's fearless, right? But it's just that opportunity to ask questions to athletes that 
you never had an opportunity because you just wonder yourself when you're sitting and watching it with friends mm -hmm. and now asking the actual person of like, how the heck did you get into bobsled or skeleton or, you know, I, I became good friends with Lorenzo Alexander, who, you know, at the time was with the Redskins said he became a big Washington Capitals fan. Mm -hmm. Right. And you just wouldn't think an African-American football player being a hockey fan. Right. But he said he was huge and he never got the opportunity to talk with the Capitals. Right. So and I would even ask them like what they saying in the shower. Right. Okay. So just try to become as personal as we can to build that relationship. Oh, for sure. So like who who would be like the first big name that you talked to like that you were just like, holy shit, like I'm. Like I need to, I, I, I can't even remember because once you get into it, um, mm -hmm. you don't really have those moments, right? You realize they're normal people, Yep. right? You're talking to them. Normal people with cool jobs. Yeah. You don't really think of them as like, oh shoot, I'm talking to, you know, so-and-so or so-and-so. I'm I just watched this person in the NFL yeah. on Sunday. Right. So like, I remember meeting um, Lorenzo Alexander for lunch in Buffalo when he first got there because they said I'm only two hours away and I took my parents with them because they were coming back from Florida. Right. And it's, it's just, it was a normal conversation. Yeah. Right. And it's a normal meeting because I talked to him so much before that, that it wasn't, here's an NFL player. I'm looking up to him. Yeah. Right. You quickly, when you get into this industry, you know, everyone's the same. Everyone's yeah. just normal people. Right. And they like to be treated as normal people. They don't want to have that. So I was never in a moment in, you know, in an interview that I was kind of starstruck. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it doesn't matter if it was Tiger Woods, I would still ask him, you know, what he's saying in the shower that morning or, you know, what would be the first three places he would take me in his hometown. Yeah. Right. Because I don't want to just ask the cliche questions because that was something that we always kind of said we weren't. Which that makes sense. So, right. Cause I said, and again, once you get into it, I don't know if you're at the point doing this podcast, but it gets very frustrating watching, you know, Fox or ESPN um, and the interviews being so cookie cutter and yes. the answers yes. being the same. You just get so irritated that you just, I just stopped the point that I just, muted or just change your channel whenever they came because exactly. I know I'm going to get nothing out of this interview. It's just filling time. So yeah, there's, I'd say, uh, so I did a interview with, uh, Dave Sims. So he's the Mariners broadcaster okay. and, uh, and then being from up here in Washington state, I would, I mean, like I've listened to him for 10 plus years, like on TV. And like when I had the opportunity to talk to him, it's, I mean, like, I think like the first second I was like, he's just a normal guy. Like it's, it's so amazing. And that people it's, just want to talk. And what you're going to find, and I found it with my podcast where if the person is humble enough to go on your podcast, yep, they're not going to have an attitude. Yeah, correct. Because the people with the attitude, um, the people with an attitude would not say yes uh, to coming on. Yeah, that's one of my things too. I mean, like, cause there's there's people um, like that I would like absolutely love like to be on the podcast. But then again, like I I want people to say like yes, like for sure, like I want to be on it. I mean, because. But then again, never be afraid to ask somebody. Oh no, trust me, I. Because I will ask the top names. 
I mean, like, yeah. I know I won't, I won't get even like an answer, but you never know. You never know. Um, you know, they could. Um, and you know, a lot of times is if they see it, if they're, you know, most players will actually respond. Yep. Um, it just, the chances are of them seeing it is the limited one, but yeah, never be afraid to ask or, you know, again, never be afraid to ask a guest if he knows someone that could go on. Right. Because, you know, let's, you have the Mariners guy on and, you know, he can get, you know, maybe another Mariner player that wouldn't say yes to you, True. but he's saying yes to the person because he already has that relationship. And all of a sudden you get the relationship and then you can now then say, you know, you know, somebody else, right. Never be afraid to ask because the worst case, the worst thing they're going to say is no. And I've, I've been said no to, you know, thousands of times and I'm still going to ask questions be or ask people for stuff or whatever, because you know, if the worst thing you say is no, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I would rather, I would rather than them say no than no answer at all. I think yeah. that's that's what it's, I would say. Yeah, well, said no answer. You take it as a no. It's it's when you know I've had situations with run-ins with players where when I was doing the podcast where you know they would try and put you on blast, right? Yeah. They kind of realize like I'm just trying to do my job. I'm trying to achieve the same dream that you did, just right? Route, yeah, yeah, right. It's like don't kind of you know try and shame me for it right because then you get the social media trolls that are gonna you know yep. kind of get their back for it but so it just you just gotta brush that off and just say you know what that wasn't gonna be a good interview if that's what they were gonna do to you that is true well let's uh let's kind of wrap it up a little bit so final thoughts uh so let's say that there's a kid coming out of high school and they want to be a sports agent what are the okay. three things that you would say to them that's a tough one um again go to go to university right get a degree um just try and always surround yourself around um uh, you know situations where you can learn mm-hmm. but also too um you know for me you know i i've worked in the corporate world as well where i learned stuff from that that makes me a better agent Right. So you also need to be well-rounded. Right. So don't try and kind of, again, put the blinders on and just feel like I need to be, you know, an agent or whatever, and I'm not going to succeed until I am one. Right. If you need to run on multiple paths until you get to that point, you know, I'll be 40 this weekend. And, you know, I feel like I'll be, even though I started in this industry at 36, um, you know, I'm probably a better agent starting at 36 than I was starting at 26. Yep. Right. Cause I, I was just, I you have more like experiences work. Yep. and new stuff that I wouldn't have had in running my own company and doing things, you know, I learned from it and I would benefit from it. So that's where that aspect where, you know, student coming out, just, you know, just be around and just, it's not a job where, you know, you're going to get right out of school. And if you do, you know, you're a lucky one, but doesn't mean you're going to be successful right oh, yeah um yep. so it's just it's a good good thing it's this job you can never really be too late to get into but uh just yeah absorb it follow i get this asked this question often is you know oh i'm a big basketball fan but i want to be a football agent right because i feel it's the easier path in mm. right so i say is 
follow if you want to be a multi-sport agent that's fine but your primary sport should be the sport that you know the most of true right uh because i remember having an intern that he was a huge soccer fan and then he's like you know i said i'm going to be a baseball agent and i knew just from him working for me that he knew very little about baseball and about how minor league baseball worked like Mm -hmm. i kind of that really discouraged him, but I kind of, kind of encouraged him to really look into the MLS and the kind of where his strengths were, right? Even though where he felt he had opportunity with baseball because he was my intern, um, you know, I just felt his, he always told me he wanted to be a, a soccer agent and that was his number one passion, right? He was based in Washington. He was a Seattle Sounders fan and things like that. So like that was where his calling was, um, and you know he 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 went to the baseball route and didn't do as well um from it but um you know i just find that i think if you have a sport that it's clear you're number one you know the most in mm-hmm. let that be your primary sport and then once you're comfortable in that if you want to expand into different sports um do so if you're a female um don't be intimidated by a male dominant industry there are positions and agents you know player players are willing to have female agents so you know if you have a desire to be an agent for a male athlete don't hesitate to you know achieve that dream um female athletes also need agents so you know you can do that as well um we just saw um you know the marlins and announced the first um, female um you know in front office and gm so, you know, there's more and more females in professional sports. So even though it is technically a male-dominated sport, don't let that um, intimidate you and achieve your dream. And two is even though if you don't end up being a sports agent, right, maybe you're, you know, a, a movie agent, like an actor agent or, you know, a, a, a musical agent. There's so many aspects where it could be similar, right? So, again, do what your passion is. If your passion is music, you know, don't necessarily go into being trying to be a, a you know a sports agent. Yeah. Right or vice versa. I think that was a long-winded answer to your question. Hey, you knocked that one out of the park right there. <laughs> and a thank you, as always, to Routine Baseball for many of the apparel that I wear throughout the episodes. Routine Baseball has got me covered. They started out of a basement producing tees, and now they're shipping apparel and accessories across all the globe. There's a lot of things happening right now in baseball. We have Cleveland doesn't know if they're going to or what name they will have after this. And also let's talk about the Atlanta Braves with the same situation. Baseball, lots of changes. Lots of changes are coming for the better or for the worse. We have no idea on that yet. But Change is inevitable. Just be open-minded. Oh, and go Cubs.